0: Gaslighting is a dangerous form of manipulation where someone acts in such a way that you start doubting your perceptions, your memory, and even your own judgment. You often walk away from the conversation feeling like the crazy one. So today I'm not only gonna teach you the signs of gaslighting so you can get clearer about whether this is happening in your life, but then I'll walk you through my step-by-step process to feel happier and more confident in that relationship. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all around relationship maven. With over 30 years of experience helping people create connection, joy, and ease in all their relationships. What's my secret? Well, besides being totally hilarious, I help you think differently so you can approach your relationships in a completely new way. I'm the best deal in town because the tools I teach apply to all your relationships, which allows you to simplify your life and find the confidence, calm, and deep love you've been craving. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools You can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in all your relationships today. So let's get to it. Hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Did I yell that a little too loud? I'm very excited. I was away on a lovely vacation Uh, oh, a spiritual retreat. It was amazing, life-changing, life-affirming, all the things. And I am feeling extra energized, I need to say. So if, if you thought I had energy before, get ready. Uh, so I'm really excited to be back and, um, and I'm really excited to talk about this topic because a lot of folks have written in about this and really been asking questions. And I feel like I really got to the nitty gritty of this, which I'm really excited about. Um... Uh I had questions all the way from Germany about this. So everyone get ready. And before we jump in, please, please, if you haven't yet, leave a review. What are you waiting for? I know it's a pain in the butt. I get it. You have to only, you can only do it on iTunes or you can do it on Audible. If you even if you don't listen to me on Audible, you could go to Audible and leave a review. But please, please, please. If I do I read them all, first of all. So wonderful. So fabulous. Makes me feel so good. And two, it really does help people. Um find out about the podcast. So uh, we've been growing and growing. We're in so many countries now, and I'm so excited about it. But you know, I want world peace. And (laughs) everyone having great information is how we're going to get there. So please be part of the fight for world peace and leave a review. All right, let's get to it. So what is... Gaslighting, exactly. I definitely get asked this a lot. I think it's hard, you know, when a term has been thrown around so much that you start to think you're not allowed to ask anymore because you should already know. So, uh, like I said in the intro, basically, gl- gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse and manipulation. That's what it's it is. And at its at its base, it's really an imbalanced power dynamic where the gaslighter somehow has enough power that the person being manipulated, I'm going to speak to you like it's you, I'm going to, you know, speak in that way today. So let's say that you maybe feel like you're too scared to lose the relationship uh, in some way, whatever power dynamic is happening that you feel that way. So you allow this manipulation, this really abuse to continue. And that creates its own cycle. Because over time, when you're in that kind of relationship, you start to question, right, your perceptions, your uh, way of thinking. You start thinking that the other person is always right and you're maybe even stupid or you can't trust yourself. Or you don't make good decisions. I've had people say that. Oh, I don't make good decisions. I'm thinking, why do you think that? Uh, there, so then think of that. So now I'm feeling this way over time. The longer I stay in this relationship, or maybe it was a parent. So, I, you know, I had it all during my growing up years. So I really feel this way now. And then I don't want to leave be, or cut this person off because I feel like no, I might feel dependent on them. I might feel like I'm a pathetic. Screw up. I'm a loser. No one else is going to love me or I won't be able to get another job. I won't be able to make it on my own somehow without this person. So it, it's like a self-perpetuating uckiness that ends up happening. And the power that the gaslighter has initially, it could be a lot of things, right? It could be financial. It could be positional. This could be your boss who's the gaslighter. I'm going to be speaking a lot about romantic relationships today, but this works anywhere. All the processes I'm giving you work anywhere. Uh, They could be more educated than you. Maybe you're with a partner who is much more educated than you, and so they Uh, you know, kind of come across smarter and and say those little things that let you know you're not as smart. Or they claim to have maybe more street smarts, even if maybe you're the educated one, but they're like, oh, that doesn't matter. That's book smart. I got street smarts. That's a real thing. And, you know, and again, today I'm going to be using lots of examples for romantic relationships probably. But again, this can happen in any relationship where one person is so important to you that you don't want to lose the relationship so again it could be a coworker, a friend a boss your dad so i want to start with this are they evil so no no they're not believe it or not gaslighters often don't even know what they're doing and often act without any kind of malicious intent. Now, sometimes they have malicious intent, but the vast majority of the time, in my experience, they do not. And I do want to say a quick thing. I know we speak about gaslighting a lot a lot when we speak about narcissism. And I do have a whole podcast on narcissism, uh, all the different kinds and all that. You can go uh, check out that in the... Um, show notes, uh, com forward slash podcast. Uh, it'll be on the show notes page, or you can also just do a search on my website for these things. You know, anything I'm mentioning today, do a search on the website. I've had, you know, I'm in my fourth season here. We've had 160 something episodes. So it's likely I've covered something in a different way. So if you're interested, just look up that keyword, you know, in on the website and go find out more information. But, uh, but having, so let me come back. So they're not evil. It, I... I like to look at it, it's really a reflection on their mental health. And I will tell you, it likely traces back to how they were or weren't parented. Um, And I'm not about always blaming the parents, being a parent myself, but it's just what is, you know, so much of this comes back to our childhoods and how we were raised and all that good stuff. So for, uh, I'm thinking of a good example. So for example, you might have a dad who was very black and white about everything, you know, it's wrong or it's right. There was no room for discussion. And he might've even gotten really pissed if you disagreed with him. Uh, So if you disagreed with him, there was something wrong with you. And he might've even demeaned you for that, called you stupid or said something. Uh, He might've withheld love, been very withholding when you disagreed or when you challenged something. Uh, He might've even, withdrew physical support of some kind, you know, like I'm not going to pay for camp for a kid who doesn't respect me, something like that, you know, might've gotten blown out into another proportion. Uh, So that's not, you know, that's your dad. There's lots of reasons your dad's like that. And none of them are because he's evil. Uh, If anything, I'd like you to have compassion for him, but maybe not today, but that's the bigger picture. Or maybe, maybe you had a mom who was critical and judgmental, again, just always giving your opinion, always judging things, always sort of negative about stuff. And it's not, again, because she was evil, but because she, usually that's because she was scared for you. She wanted you to make all the right decisions to keep you safe. And it's also a selfish thing as parents when we do that. It's so that we can feel <laughs> calm knowing that you're okay, but there's a lot of reasons. Co- families are so complex. You know, our relationships are so complex. There's a there's a million reasons. It can also be a loyalty thing. You know, it's the way your mother was raised. You know, she did it the way her mother said. And now it's like a tradition, a loyalty to the family. You do it the way I say. It's it, There's a lot of reasons for it, but she might have been judgmental and critical. And over time, that likely resulted in you questioning your own decisions or feeling like you can't make them at all without her approval. Um, or you might've even only chosen things you knew she would approve of. And again, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean your mom was consciously trying to control your every decision, but the result is the same. I'm, I'm going to give a last example. I'm trying to think of things that are just really something you might not realize is gaslighting, but it is or might've always been there and you weren't aware. So if you think back to your high school days, maybe you were friends with, you know, the popular girl <laughs> or guy or someone more popular than you. Again, there's that power dynamic again. But, you know, one day at lunch, she didn't save you a seat and you ended up sitting at another table, you feeling kind of rejected. And so you asked her about it later. You're like, Hey, what happened? You didn't save me a seat. And she just dismisses you. Let's say it's a she. Uh, oh, you're being too sensitive. It's no big deal. I, I didn't even know you were coming to lunch. You you said you were going to the library, right? Which, of course, you never said. You never said anything like it. You said earlier in the day, I'll meet you for lunch. And then that happened because of whatever, you know, again, all her reasons. And I'll tell you, I, you know, I worked with this couple once. This is many years ago, but where the husband was the primary breadwinner and uh the wife you know worked was at home with her kids and all that and he was spending money at an alarming rate like to her she just was concerned because they were going on trips, constantly traveling and, and you know, first class everywhere and everything was this. And they, you know, were always adding on to their house and, you know, wine cellars and things, you know, watches, whatever, like all the things. And it's not that he didn't, he said she couldn't get anything. She was getting stuff too. But over time, you know, she had grown up in a family where her father had actually blown through all their money. And after a while, she started getting just concerned. She's like, I don't she started seeing some numbers and they weren't matching up or the credit card wasn't always paid, things like that. And he kept telling her not to worry about it, that she was overreacting, and what he was saying was things like, "Well, you don't understand money. Our finances are very complex. You know, it's too much to 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 teach you." And you know, we worked together for a while, and over time, uh she pushed him to make a budget with her, right? Like and to show her all the accounts, and he just kept gaslighting. So he would say things like, well, you have to make a budget too. I have a budget. I've always had a budget. So now you have to make a budget. And she would finally do something. She wasn't great at that stuff and he knew that. So uh, that would take a while and then she finally would and then he'd say it wasn't good enough. Oh, you don't even have all the spending on there. We can't even sit down. That's not enough. And whenever she tried to pin him down, whenever she tried to, you know, really say, okay, let's just sit. Let's just with what we have, and he'd say, Nope, you need three months of your spending. I need that first. I need this. He was always making excuses. And often they, again, revolved around her not understanding how money on this level worked. She just didn't get it. You know, it was above her Ken and that's gaslighting. So I, I just, that's gaslighting. And again, I like this guy. He was a, he was a lovely guy. I really liked this couple. And by the way, they're fine. Um, did a great job with this and worked through it. Uh, using many of the steps I'm going to talk to you about today, which I've done with many clients, but it, it just, it, you got to be able to identify what's happening. So you don't keep raging against the machine. And that's why that's so important. And so the other ways, you know, just to kind of wrap that part up, it can show gaslighting, you know, can show up with, um, uh, pr- criticizing you, putting you down again, like this guy was in subtle ways. Uh, oh, late again. Oh, you're so disorganized. I guess I should be happy you showed up at all. Something like that. Sometimes there's a complete denial of the facts. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened. You weren't at the restaurant with me when I said that. That And you were literally at the table. Uh, Oh, it was another time. You don't remember. Uh, Telling you what you're feeling or invalidating your feelings. Oh, you're just being paranoid. Oh, you're happy, please. You're fine. You know, that kind of stuff. Telling actual lies and making you question reality. That comes up. Sometimes it's projecting onto you what they're doing. So I had this with a client not long ago. She, he was lying, uh, uh, sorry, his wife was, I was working with the man, his wife was lying a lot, he felt. And he kept asking her kind of, and he was doing, I thought, a pretty good job of asking her sort of gently. And what she kept, you know, Finally, she said, You keep asking me if I'm lying. I think you're the one that's lying. You know, people who are lying, they're the ones who notice it. Uh, they're the ones who call it out because it's them. You've got a guilty conscience. You start doing all this stuff. And, you know, that's gaslighting. Uh, another way it can show up is accusing you really anytime of being too something. You're too emotional. You're overly sensitive. You know, you're too whatever uh, that comes up. Um, Another way I'll tell you I see this is when they think they do more than they do, so and I've had this with I'm thinking of another couple I've had where the uh where the wife was complaining that the husband was just you know he worked and he came home, and that was it he there nothing else, and he would do some stuff he would drive the kids to practice sometimes or you know help you know whatever, but it was really her driving everything. And he's like, I'm always driving the kids to practice. I'm the only one who cares about what they're doing. He was like, <laughs> talking to me about how he's the only one who cares what they're doing. Uh Oh, you know, she just doesn't understand. And the really important things she misses. And that's what I take care of, you know, again, all this sort of subterfuge and coming around, as opposed to well, how many so how many times have you driven them to practice, you know, and it, it's like, well, it's many, but again, that's not the important thing. What's important is what I track, you know, we wouldn't we hire someone to drive them to practice, you know, I do this other stuff. And again, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's all the things, right? Um, and another thing I see a lot is obviously attacking or denigrating people or activities that are important to you. So, you know, ranking on your best friend, saying how much they hate them, oh, she's a this or he's a that, um. No, You know, no wonder you like that pathetic reality show. Your mother was flaky like that too. She was watching that too. Something, you know, where they're just going after the show you like or the um... – or I don't know how you can listen to that stuff. You know, I can only really watch current events. I, I need to know what's happening in the world. It's it's nice when you don't have to worry about that stuff. Uh, anything that's just, and again, there's a lot of passive aggressive stuff here, right? There's a lot of passive aggressive stuff that gets mixed in with the gaslighting. So it, sometimes it's hard, hard can be hard to tell. So I'm going to get into the ways you feel in a minute, but um, because the last thing I do want to mention is something I've seen that doesn't get talked about a lot with gaslighting, where uh, the person who's gaslighting tries to turn other people against you or hurt your credibility with them. So I had a client once who um, was out to dinner with her uh, husband and a bunch of friends, and she went to go to the bathroom. You know, she went to the bathroom and everybody had been drinking. She said, you know, but nothing crazy. Like, she, she she wasn't a big drinker. She'd maybe had a couple of glasses of wine over the course of the night. And he said to the friends, you know, I'm worried about her, her drinking. I wouldn't trust what she's saying right now if I was you. Something, something like that. And she found out later, of course, from one of her girlfriends who was at the table and she was horrified. She thought, this is so crazy. So again, if you're hearing anything like, oh, come on, I never said that. See, that's not passive aggressive. That's gaslighting, right? Um you're just being overly sensitive. You're, you're so sensitive. Um, I don't know why you're making such a big deal out of this. Again, that dismissal of things, you know, that's just because you're so insecure or so paranoid. Uh, Oh no, it's not all about you. You know, (laughs) they're being selfish and you, (laughs) you say something and they call you paranoid and then turn it around like you're selfish. Again, that's not really what passive aggressive people do. Uh, Maybe something like, oh, you know, you don't have a great memory for things, you know, testing your memory. You just love trying to throw me off track, don't you? You know, you're bringing up all this other stuff and we're trying to talk about this. Uh, Why can't you take a joke? I was just joking. You're imagining things that never happened. You're always so dramatic. Uh, You always get so worked up. Don't get so worked up. Uh, That's, that never happened. That's not how I remembered it. Um, And maybe even saying to you, you know, you sound crazy, right? Something like that. So all of this is happening. So now I want to talk about you. And before we get into my little steps here, because it's really important, again, to start separating out what might be just some passive aggressive behavior or what might be just some, I don't know, bad moods or something else. And again, if you've been nodding your head the whole time or or feeling like, oh my gosh, that's me, then likely it's gaslighting. But So uh, a woman named Robin Stern, a PhD, she's the, um, what is she? She's the Associate Director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. And she wrote a book called The Gaslight Effect. And she talked about some of the warning signs of gaslighting. And I loved how she framed them. So I want to talk about that right here. So one would be that you're constantly second guessing yourself or have trouble making decisions. Again, I like, I like this cause you're looking at yourself, like what's happening in your internal world. It's not what they're saying. You know, I just went over a bunch of things they might be doing. Now I want to talk about what happens for you. And this is really the part to key in on. So, uh, you're constantly second guessing yourself, you know, any decision that comes up, you, f- you feel like you want to ask 30 people maybe, or, uh, you don't even want to make the decision, or you're so worried about being wrong all the time and, and being judged or criticized about it. Uh. So that's a real sign the other one i see I see a lot that she mentions is you you can't stop focusing on some perceived flaw you have, some character flaw it, it, too sensitive, maybe not being educated or not smart enough. Uh, Being selfish, bad with money, you know, any of those kind of titles, you ruminate on it. You perseverate about it. You think about it all the time and you constantly come back to that. Oh, that's because I'm blah, blah, blah. That's because I'm not good with money. That's, oh, am I selfish? I feel like I'm not, I must be selfish. You know, you start to really, and you just, everything you do, you think, Oh, I I don't want to be selfish, so I won't do that. Or I don't want, you know, or I'm being too sensitive. I gotta stop being so sensitive. I gotta get a tougher skin, you know. You're you're constantly focusing on that thing. I see that a lot. You you've gotten very self conscious about this thing. Uh, Another thing I see is, and that she talks about, is feeling confused about your the relationship. This is especially in a romantic one, where. I've had people who, you know, got married to someone and they thought they were amazing and all these things were there and then they get into the actual relationship and things have shifted and they start to feel confused. Like, I thought I married this great woman, you know, I, I thought, you know, he would be this way. And you really feel confused about the person themselves, uh, who you thought they were and who was showing up. Another one is that when you do get into any kind of disagreement with the gaslighter, you, and this is consistent, like every time you don't feel heard, you feel like you're just having the same argument over and over again. You're saying the same things over and over again. Um, Things might escalate very quickly when, you know, you're having sort of an innocent conversation and all of a sudden it's Armageddon and, and you really overall, I would say the biggie is that you just don't feel like it's you're ever making progress with this person. It's like two steps forward, three steps back, you know, it's just never really moving forward, even though there's moments of that. Uh, Another one is that you question, which we kind of talked about, but I want to be clear about it. You question your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, uh, or or just, you know, you just don't feel like you're questioning them all the time. You're not sure. You don't have like a clarity about knowing yourself. You're always wondering um, about what you're thinking about or feeling and you're questioning it constantly. Uh, another thing you're doing likely is always apologizing. <laughs> There's like so much apologizing. So stop it. No. Uh, we'll talk about that. Well, yes, actually, but we'll, we'll talk about how to do that. But if you find yourself up, you know, again, if you're noticing a lot of these things about yourself, then this is, you're probably around a gaslighter a lot. Uh, you also might find yourself making uh frequent excuses for the gaslighter, you know, whether that's your partner or a friend, you know, for their behavior, you might end up covering for them or lying for them, uh, That's a real sign that something's up when you, or if you're always really nervous before you go out and you're thinking, uh, like you have to manage them somehow or manage people's reactions to them because they just don't come across well or nice or whatever. Um, you don't, you know, you don't sit your husband next to a certain person, or you make plans in a certain way so that they don't have to spend time with someone in a group or something, because you just feel like it's going to, you know, and you're making excuses for them, or you start covering for them, or you're, you know, you're manipulating yourself trying to create something so that uh, it doesn't become apparent what they're doing. So that's all a problem. And then I would say the last piece before we get into the how, you know, what to do is, I, this is the one I see the most. Or, I said that about all of them, didn't I? Okay. This is the one I see a lot.
1: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been
0: loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which
1: you
0: know something's wrong. You do. You you just don't know what. There's an unhappiness in you and you're just not sure why. You you, you can feel it. You, there's something off. There's something wrong. There's something weird. This isn't how it's supposed to be. But you just have had trouble figuring out what to do and, and just having this feeling all the time of not really feeling happy or satisfied. Uh, so, those are all the ways you're feeling. And again, you know, if it feels like I'm a fly on the wall in your house, then likely this is you. So let's talk about what to do if someone is gaslighting you. So, and some of this comes from uh, the research like uh, Stern's book and other things, but really most of this is me. I'm just going to let you know and what I've seen work with people. uh, And some of it a little bit flies in the face of the research, or it doesn't fly in the face, but is is it's just a different tact. It's a different way to do it. As as uh, as you know, I I tend to be different. So, what to do if someone is gaslighting you? First, is you have to identify the problem. And this this isn't everybody's research. You and this makes sense, right? It's kind of obvious. If you don't identify what's happening, you can't change it. So, your first step is to realize that gaslighting is going on. And now that you've identified it, you know, you can create some steps to create change. You can take some steps to create change. If you, again, have felt this whole time, like I've been talking to you, then, (laughs) you know, right to you, like, oh my gosh, Abby, is she in my office? Has she looked around at my boss? Then you can feel pretty confident, confident that gaslighting is likely an issue. But if you're really not sure, if you're having trouble acknowledging it, Uh, You can, to me, you can do things like uh, start writing down specifics of a difficult conversation, you know, that conversation you're having over and over with the gaslighter. And later, you know, once you're feeling calm and centered, once you're not triggered, you try to make an honest appraisal of it. Try to really take an objective look or bring the conversational points to a therapist a trusted friend. Don't bring it to 50 people, but bring it to a couple people and get another point of view. Have someone else give you feedback. My guess is other people have already given you feedback that there's something wrong with this person and you just haven't been listening. Or maybe it's your boss and everybody agrees that there's something wrong, but you haven't necessarily identified it as gaslighting. Because again, what you do for gaslighting is different than what you would do for something else necessarily. Um, Again, you know, if you're having those same arguments or conversations over and over with your gaslighter, and they're going nowhere, I want you to think about how you feel in these conversations, and go back to those symptoms I listed above, and see what resonates. You know, is there a power struggle going on? Do you ever feel heard? Do, you know, is it always this way? Are you having these? Really yucky feelings. You're unhappy most of the time, and that's what you're noticing. Um, you walk away from conversations with them, just not feeling, not feeling satisfied or content or joyful. So that's number one. Step one is acknowledge. Step two is give yourself permission to feel all the feels. So you, you got to notice what you're feeling. If it's happening, if gaslighting is going on, you've been questioning your own thoughts. You've been questioning your perceptions and your feelings for quite some time. So I do need you to get real about them and not, you know, oh, I am too sensitive or I'm too this. No, no, no. Acknowledge exactly what you feel. You can keep a journal of feelings if you need to, uh, whatever it is, but Really acknowledge what's real for you so that you can track that. You're not supposed to be unhappy all the time. You're not too sensitive. You know, move, move along from that or too emotional or whatever. And then step three, and this is where I kind of veer from other folks, but I, I need you to make a commitment to feel better. You gotta make a commitment to it. Now the, so you've acknowledged your feelings. You, you've acknowledged what's happening and your feelings. It's time to make a commitment to yourself to work on feeling better. Okay? Got to do that. And and here's how you're going to do that. First things first, you're going to start focusing on people, places or things where you feel happiness, ease, joy, contentment, satisfaction, those kind of words. Because focusing on the gaslighter gets you nowhere. You we're, what except uh, frustrated, demoralized, hopeless, helpless, anxious, <laughs> depressed, resentful, and you can't get there from here. You know, you you if you're doing that and you're so focused on them, then you're going to feel crappy all the time and helpless and hopeless. And that's not going to get you anywhere. That is not going to change a thing in your life. So you have to start focusing on something besides this person. And there are other things in your life. There are. I know there are. And going with that is you have to understand that you you can't control this person. You You can't have as a goal to change this person. You have to focus first on changing yourself. I know, no one likes hearing this. Everyone, yep, yep, right now you're writing some nasty email to me. No, you don't get to do that. I love you, I'm speaking truth as I do. That's what I do here. I don't sugarcoat, <laughs> it's not what I do. I say it with as much love as I have in my heart. These are things I have to do myself that I struggle with. I get it but it's possible and you have to do it because I love you and you have to change your life. This isn't cool. You're not supposed to go through life feeling like crap. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to feel happy, joyous, excited, enthusiastic, (laughs) at least content and satisfied. So if that's not happening again, it's not the person that's making that happen. You can't give that kind of control outside of you. No, It's nobody's job to make you happy. It is not your partners. It's not your bosses. It's not anything else. It is about you and how you react to that person. That's on you. So, and I I will say, and this is a down the road piece, but as we change, people around us change. They'd have no choice. It's quantum physics. It is. It's quantum mechanics. You can't, as soon as you observe something, as soon as you're looking at something, it changes. So as you're looking at this issue of gaslighting, as soon as you're focusing on it and in this way, in a positive way, it's going to start to change without a doubt. So, but you can't do that. That's manipulation to focus on it without intent. Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to be nice. And then, and then he's going to act this way. That's not how it works. So you have to focus on changing yourself. Um, focus on what you can do. What do I always say? If If you're seeing what you don't want, focus on what you do want so what can you do day to day to feel better so you can be a better problem solver and thinker for yourself because i i and i really want to this isn't just airy fairy bullshit this is real because so here's the deal when you're focused on that gaslighter and how frustrated you are and how angry and anxious and depressed and all the things your amygdala lights up I, I do whole podcast on this, so I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it. I will link to it in the show notes, I promise, if you really wanna understand how your brain works. But your this fear part of your brain lights up. And now, which by the way, signals your hypothalamus, another part of your brain to release stress-inducing hormones. So now those are flying all over your brain and your body. And that signals your hippocampus. Those stress hormones get to your hippocampus and they shrink and shrivel it, which makes you not see things clearly, which alters your perceptions of reality. So everything is worse from this place. If if someone, you so you have to get, Turn that that your prefrontal cortex on. You can't problem solve from the amygdala. That's not what the amygdala does. It the only thing the amygdala knows how to do, and I've talked about this before, is fight. Right? It can fight with your partner. You can flee. You can run from your partner and avoid them, avoid conflict. You can freeze. You can just do nothing and hope everything passes you by, or you can fawn, which is when you're kind of kissing their ass. You're you're codependent on crack uh, when you're doing that. That's all you can do. You can try to people please them till to death. That's all you can do from your amygdala. Your prefrontal cortex this other part of your brain that can't turn on when your amygdala is lit. It's where your problem solving is, where your rationality is, your good judgment, your values, all the good stuff, all the good stuff. Your neocortex lights up where we have compassion and uh, appreciation and all the love. If If you're just focused on the crap and the shit, you are going to only get crap and shit. I say with so much love in my heart because I want you to stop. (laughs) If I thought it would help you, if in 37 years I ever saw this helping someone where they just went on and on telling the story of how horrible this person was and it actually made everything better, I would say go for it. But you've already been telling the story. You've been complaining for years, months, days, or you wouldn't be listening to me still. And so... I know I'm on my soapbox, just get over it, right? So it hasn't worked. So try something else. And so what we're doing here is we're not trying to solve our relationship with the gaslighter. We're just trying to, you're just trying to feel happier and more content in moments so that, and you're going to string those moments more and more together so that you can think better about how to approach this person. So you can have more emotional regulation when they say something to you that would normally trigger you, you don't get triggered. Instead of feeling demoralized hopeless, helpless, frustrated, resentful, again, anxious, depressed. Instead of that, you can change that. You can feel different. And again, it's not about them. Uh, Viktor Frankl, you know, one of my man's search for meaning, you know, one of my heroes of all time, he very famously said, you know, when we're unable to change a situation, we're forced to change ourselves. And that is really what I want you to get here. And when you start to feel better in general, not about this person, not about the gaslighter, when you start to feel better in general and relax more, that prefrontal cortex can turn back on and then you can problem solve better. You can think better. It gives you better, again, emotional regulation so you won't get triggered. All the good things. Come on. (laughs) So... We have to shift in that direction. You have to shift in that direction. And I will I will make a little pro- plug for my weekly newsletter right here. I'll link to it in the show notes and you can get it anywhere on the website. There's places, newsletters right up top in the menu. I Every week I send out like a story or um, learnings I've had. I talked about my spiritual retreat lately and what my biggest learnings from that. And it's meant to be inspirational and help you stay directed. It's meant to help you get your head out of your ass and get it pointed in the right, in a positive, great direction. I want you to feel inspired, excited, happy, thoughtful. Uh, Joyous, all the good things, and that's what the newsletter does every single week. I spent a lot of time in that newsletter. It is about that. That's its purpose. It is its purpose isn't to sell you things. Its purpose isn't to, you know. I I do always mention, hey, here's the podcast this week or whatever. But the but that's like a PS. The newsletter is about feeling good. (laughs) So that would be a good idea. Every Wednesday morning, you would wake up and get the newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'd read it, depending on where you're listening in the world, and just help yourself stay in this positive direction, right? Okay. Next step. Step four is you have to start building your self-esteem with small steps. This is really about you and taking responsibility. It's not, again, not about changing the other person. What can you do to feel better in their presence right now? That's what we're looking at. What And that is about changing your self-esteem. You've got to build your confidence a little bit, your self-esteem a little bit. And You know, some people get very into like, oh, well, you just have to divorce them. You just have to quit your job. You just have to never talk to your mother again. And I don't like that crap. I really don't. I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things eventually, but that should not be your first reaction because you will, trust me, you will meet this person again. If you divorce this guy, you're gonna marry another guy just like him. He's gonna seem different. He's gonna look different, but he's gonna be the same guy. And you know, because you've been dating the same people over and over your whole life. It, we we do that all the time. You'll get the same job with the same crappy boss. I am telling you this, it, because really when you do that, when you just close the door, what you're doing is you're not empowering yourself to change in the in the situation. Now, I wanna be really clear. If you are getting severely, obviously physically abused at all or emotionally abused really severely and you just have to leave, it's the only way to not be triggered, then that's what you do. But either way, and I'm not saying even if you do all this work, actually, when you do all this work, you might really wanna leave the job or the whatever. But what I'm saying is for now, you don't have to leave. And, and if you're listening, you probably don't wanna leave or it just feels like a lot and you're trying to just change things. And so that's what I'm giving you right now. You you know, you know don't have to quit the job right now. You don't have to never speak to your mom again. So I really, making changes right where you are will be incredibly empowering, I guess is what I'm really trying to say here. Stop engaging. So you got to stop engaging in the power struggle arguments. Uh, Come up with a mantra to calm yourself when you feel yourself getting pulled in, you know, all those kinds of things. You've got to, I have a whole podcast on building confidence and self-esteem, you know, start practicing those things. Uh, Really start to work on, and again, as you're feeling better, that's why these steps are in order, as you are feeling better, as you are focusing on things that you enjoy, as you are relaxing, as you are taking moments with friends or whoever that really make you feel good, just in that moment, you are building that reservoir and when, and your self-esteem will absolutely start to feel a little, and you'll start to feel a little more confident. Those things go together. Th- these will start to really move. So I, I really need you to actively think about ways to build your self-confidence and self-esteem, small steps, baby steps. Again, I did a whole podcast on that. I'm not going to do it right here, but you you need to, because this, you, if you're accepting this kind of behavior from somebody, this is about you. And that might mean that you need to see a therapist. You need to, you know, find someone to professionally talk to, whatever that is. Step five, there's seven steps. So hang on. I'm almost done. Step five, you've got to be mindful. Oh, 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 Abby, I'm so sick of hearing this. I don't care. You're not going to be able to change anything until you're aware of what's happening in a moment. You you, you got to work on your mindfulness, setting intention, setting centering yourself before certain conversations. This is key. Being the dominant vibration instead of, you know, following after. Uh episodes 111 through 114 of the podcast cover all of that. Again, I'll link to them in the show notes, but I really go deep into this whole piece of how to do this, how to set intention, how to you know really be on top and I have a mindfulness starter kit. it's free uh and actually, if you download the mindfulness starter kit, it will put you on the news on the mailing list on on my newsletter so and again, if you don't want to get it after that, just hit unsubscribe. it's in big letters. it's not hard to unsubscribe um I don't know why you'd want to, but if you do, if you just feel overwhelmed in your inbox, which I also understand uh but if you do that, you can kill two birds with one stone. How do you like that? But get the mindfulness starter kit. Just start going. I have a meditation starter kit too. Maybe try there, but just start with the mindfulness because you really have to up that. Again, I have a ton of podcasts on that and go listen, but you're not going to change anything until you're aware that you're doing stuff. So it only takes seconds a day. Seconds. All right. Six. I talk a lot about being, you know, correct or effective. Do you want to be correct or effective? And you need to be effective, not correct. So it's hard to let go of the rightness. (laughs) I love when I feel right. (laughs) I love when I'm righteously right. Can't wait to tell this person. Yeah, no, not helpful. Doesn't forward a conversation. You might be right all day long that this person is wrong. And they should change. It's not fair. It's not nice. It's not kind uh, that they're gaslighting you. But is that effective? Have you been effective? In other words, are you happy thinking that, that they're just wrong and they should change? And so, um, you know, you're not a victim. Again, is your life improving thinking that? You you can't put the power of happiness in anyone else's hands, of your happiness in anyone else's hands. You just can't do it. You have to stop looking at outside things to make you happy. It's not people. It's not things you buy. It is an inside job. Do not give the job to people outside the company. It doesn't work that way. So that is what you got to work on, that day-to-day uh, feeling good. And then the last piece, and this is really important, is you got to have compassion. And Here's the really hard part of that. You have to have it for both of you. But let's start with you, okay? If you can't have compassion for the gaslighter, that's okay. But at least for yourself right now, be kind to yourself through this. I, I just, I'll hear people, you know, uh, oh, I've been so stupid all these years. Why have I put up with this? I've wasted so much time. Oh, now I've been with this boss for so long. I can't even switch jobs anymore. I've ruined the rest of my life. Oh my God, the things I hear. None of it's true. None of it's true. You're just it's your, your anxiety lying to you. Of course, none of it's true, and so and it's mean. I I love you. Stop, stop that. Be kind to yourself through this. You know I'm doing. I've been doing the best with the tools I had, and now I have new tools. Abby's teaching me tools. I'm going to workshops. I'm going to therapy. Whatever you're doing, and now I have new tools. So I'm taking responsibility in my moments to make myself better. And you will not be perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. I know that's hard to believe, right? Don't tell Gary I said that. He thinks I'm perfect. Uh, Do you know what I'm saying? You're not going to be perfect at this. It's okay. So have compassion as that goes. Whoops! Oh, I screwed that up. I got pulled right into that nasty conversation. (laughs) I was in the power struggle. I was right back where I was two months ago, even though I've been doing all this work. Yes, you have. And I want to remind you that you never go back to square one once you know something. That's the beauty. You you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube that's what's wonderful. So if you've been making progress, it's still there. We talk about this a lot, you know, in sobriety, people know I'm a recovering heroin addict and, you know, people relapse. And I always say to them, sometimes they have years of of clean time and then they relapse. And I say to them, you still have all those years. They weren't bullshit. They, They were real. Like you're here now. That's wonderful. And I was swearing a lot today, excuse me. Anyway, uh, it's real though, that time you had, and now you have to add to it. And now you're coming in, you don't start at square one, you're you're coming in at a higher level because you know more. Again, you can't unring the bell. So that's the good news. So please have compassion for yourself. Please be, please, please be kind, be loving. And if you can find compassion for the gaslighter, you know, they're messed up. They're scared. They have serious issues. This is how they're acting. This is the best they can do. That's like a sad kind of thing, actually. I feel bad for them. All they're trying to do, gaslighting is all about trying to be in power and control. They feel so out of control in their lives. They feel, Their ego is so brittle, is so gone. They're, they're so scared that... This is what they're doing. And so it doesn't mean you have to put up with it. It doesn't mean you have to like it. It just means if you could have compassion that this is a human too, they are going through their stuff and it, it all the more reason for you to draw boundaries so that they can stop acting that way so that they can stop having this way of being with you and just doing what they've been doing for so many years. And what do I always say? The one in the most pain needs to change first. And that's you. You're in the most pain. They're not. They're not in the most pain. They have a lot of pain. They just don't know it usually. And they don't identify in that way. You do. You know. So this is about you. So again, this doesn't mean being a doormat when you're compassionate. It uh, it doesn't mean allowing the relationship to continue as it's been. It means It means finding that empathy for their pain as well as your own if you can, that's what it means. Woo. That was a big woo. Sorry. It probably went off the charts. (laughs) I'm looking at my voice meter. (laughs) So thank you. For spending time with me today, I'm really excited to share this information. I'm so happy you guys have been writing in about it. It really helps me when you write in with what you're struggling with, um, what you want to hear more about in the podcast. Remember that I have the Ask Dr. Abby segment also, so please send in your questions to Abby at AbbyMedcalf.com, or you can go on the website to the contact page and uh, put it, put the question in there, and I do get that. Um, We're going to have something eventually on the website where you can just speak it right in there, like a speak pipe or something. But for now, that's what we have. And uh, I'll have some stuff coming up soon about the holidays and how to get through them because we're back. I love you. Feel the love. Thank you for being here with me. And I will talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute first, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you, anything. You can email me at abby at How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.